Ephesians chapter 4, 25, 32. Please follow with me in the reading of the word. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak the truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry, but yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed of the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind with one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Father, wow, there's a lot there. So, Father, I pray that you give us an eagerness to hear, but yes, a patience to endure. Father, I pray that you will take the Spirit of the living God and the authority of your Word and pierce each of us, groom us, mold us, as we, we should be rejoicing that we are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Help us. Help us to bow before the authority of your Scripture. Father, let us not reason as man, but let us come into a deeper knowledge of who you are. In Christ's name, amen. We uh, set the stage for this last week, but we're also dealing with a part of it that comes out of what we went through 17 to 24, okay? And I shared with you last week, 17 to 24 is a very general statement, Okay, and it's summarized in verse 22 and 23. Put off and put on. Okay, it's, it's time to put off the old self, put on the new self. Remember, he started out chapter 4, don't walk as the Gentiles. Before that, he says, I beg you as a prisoner, walk worthy of your calling. Okay, so walking worthy of this calling means that I do not... Walk as the Gentiles. And in doing that, he gave us the broad picture. That's what we looked over the last month or so. And that broad picture had to do with, I don't want you to rest and act and conduct yourself in your old style. I want your character to be changed and put on the new character, which is Christ. I've shared with you many times 
one of the amazing things about the Apostle Paul, and it's obvious in my understanding of the Apostle, in my readings of the Apostle, is he was freaked out of being in him. I mean, it was just, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa. I don't know if Paul actually did that. But it was something that he states over and over in his letters, and they deal for everything from in Christ to in him, in God, and to a man who had been a religious zealot. That was stunning to him. And so... When he get to this, you see what we came out of in the last studies is this very general, okay? Based on who we are, chapters 1 to 3, how are we to live, 4 to 6? And one of the things that I, and I've shared this many times, is that the, the body of Christ doesn't understand who they are. Because if they did they wouldn't be buying every song and dance that comes down the pike. Because if you understand who you are in Christ, then your actions will immediately be changed. But I see Christians trying to do the actions without understanding the change. And that's what we're going into now. But... The, the general principle is put off that old self, that old man, and put on the new man. All right, as we put on the new man, now what we're going to get into is specifics. And uh, there's a good possibility it could make us a little bit uncomfortable. And if it does, I'll give you a bit of advice right now. Go back and read chapters 1 to 3. Because if you go back and say, okay, this is who I am, then this thing that is uncomfortable is something to praise God that he said, hey, this ain't working. And this isn't how you deal with it. All right? And it's, it's kind of amazing. There's a lot of things amazing about this. We begin here in verse 25. And it's, and I, you know, I, I say that this section deals with specifics, but actually, from verse 25 to the end of the book, it's specifics. Okay, he's going to deal with just about every single part of your life. But this one has a place in royalty. All right? Okay. This is the place... I had someone tell me one time, this is where you need to activate your will. Okay? Now, hang on a second. If I say put off the old and put on the new, is that not a choice? You are activating your will. Okay? Of course, good Presbyterians say it that way. I say it this way. This is where you say yes and amen. Okay? Because what I've learned the hard way sometimes, a lot of this ain't up for debate. And um, you can debate him, you can try. But 
this is where we say amen. Remember I shared with you last week, Second Peter chapter 1, the divine natures, you are now partakers of the divine nature. This is turning on that divine nature, the specifics. Okay? So we saw four general principles. Now we're going to look at five specific principles. Okay? Specific in the task that it is changing us from the old lifestyle to the new lifestyle. All right? So we get five of them. There's five areas that he deals with in this text that we need to change from our old lifestyle. Okay? And I find it fascinating. Two of them are kind of alike. Our mouths. Don't you find that fascinating? I find that fascinating. All right? Because you think about, well, stealing. You don't use your mouth to steal. Uh, Adultery, you don't use your mouth to commit adultery. I mean, there's so many things that I can do without worrying about what I say. But I think this is will open up for us. Okay, you see there, he begins with the word, therefore. Some of your translations may say, wherefore. Okay, since this is generally true of putting off the old man and putting on the new, the old is gone and the new has come, Therefore, specifically, now, let me summarize it. All right? Yeah, he beats around the bush, don't Paul? Laying aside falsehood. Cute word, isn't it? Lay aside that falsehood. Would you lay aside that falsehood, please? The simplicity is this. Lay aside lying. Why is it that we can... Well, falsehood... But we don't like to hear the word lying. You ever notice that? You listen, you can call people all kinds of things, just don't call them a liar, even if they are one. It's like, well, how dare you call me that? Well, then stop doing it. I'm, I, you know, I, I mean, a lie is a lie. Put away lying, and then he says, speak the truth, each one of you. I'm convinced that the evangelical church has not really grasped this stop lying. Or or we'll use the, the, the gracious one, put aside falsehood. Okay, I, I'm I'm almost sure that the church hasn't ever really grabbed a hold of that and said, What is he telling me? So I'll try to to beat around the bush a minute and see if I can't make it really clear quickly. Revelations chapter 21, verse 8. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars... Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Okay? You see, when I read that, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like it's that complicated to understand. 
Liars go to hell. All right? But on the opposite side of that, people going to heaven are not liars. Okay? I mean, so when Paul comes out of the chute, specific, what does he pick up first? Lying. No, it's falsehood. You're going to hell because of falsehood. All right. It's still a lake of fire. Do we understand that lying is not a characteristic of a follower of Jesus Christ? Be careful when you agree with me. Because I'm only on page 3 of 10 pages. All right? There will be times that a follower of Jesus Christ will fail. And we'll have every excuse you can think of for the reason that we told a fib. Because I wouldn't lie. I stumbled across the falsehood. Okay? I was trying to protect their feelings. You know, none of them are valid. And don't go, honey, do these jeans make my butt look big? Okay. You know the answer to that, guys? Go look in the mirror. Okay. Uh, maybe it's just I'm getting older. I'm like, there's certain times. No, that's not worth the battle. But there will be a time that we can fail. But listen, brothers and sisters, there is no way that there should be a constant flow of lies out of a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? Let me give you another one. You know, I watch Christians and they have different degrees of sin. Okay, there's there's some that they just oh, you know, I can't no, I don't want no part of oh that one well if you're lying on your taxes, that means you're being a better steward of your money. Okay? See how it works? You know, well, I'll round it up. All right? Let me tell you what Jesus said. Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He is a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay. Do you understand how much more serious falsehood just became. When you step into falsehood, 
Who are you following? Satan's character, his nature is to lie. That nature should be gone in a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, I was looking around in my concordance a couple of weeks ago. You know, white lies not in there. There is the white throne of judgment. Okay. If you can't deal rightly with truth, that shows who you're following. Do you understand that? You know where your destiny is if you follow that. No matter what you claim. As this old saying says, not everybody talking about heaven's going. Okay? No matter how religious you are, and I don't care how much you go to church, if you struggle with adhering to the truth, guess what? What does it say of your nature? Remember I told you that when we moved into this, I'm dealing with your thinking. How do you think? I mean, you know, you can care about people, you can love people, but I need to know what are you thinking? Because a Christian, a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, has a brand new organism of thinking that was never existent in them before. No matter how religious you are. I don't care how often you go to church. I don't care how active you are in the church. If you struggle with the truth, then understand what you're saying about your nature. Who are you following? Who is the father of lies? Liars are not part of God's kingdom. People who go to heaven are not Liars. All right? Okay, now, back to your thinking. All right, sometimes, you know that sometimes lying is just easier? Sometimes it's just convenient. It's simplistic. And it's not that big a lie. It's not like anybody went to jail for it. I'm not bearing false witness on somebody. Uh, I was a witness to an accident, and I can't believe it was like March a year ago. And they called me this week, and I, we need you to verify your witness witness statement. What? An accident you saw in March of 2019. I started laughing. And the lady said, well, what's so funny? I was like, you know, I've slept since then, right? And she starts, well, the snowplow, I said, snowplow? What snowplow? Well, didn't you see a snowplow? Nope. What did you see? Seen a black truck? I seen a big black truck and a little white Jeep. Well, one had a snowplow. Well, hallelujah. Well, what did you see? A little black truck backed out. The big truck 
tried to dodge it. There was snow in the middle of the, you know, on the white line. And it made that little, it looked like somebody took a baseball bat and slapped that Jeep over in the field. That's what I saw. Well, did you? No, I just told you what I saw. I didn't know there was a plow involved. Well, could you be more? No. I mean, it's almost a year ago. And <coughs> I'm just not that smart. I don't remember that well. I'm not like a woman. A woman can remember, well, 22 years ago, I remember when you, and I was like, yeah, all right. I wasn't there. Okay. But, but I, I don't know. I can't even remember what day last week this lady called me. But I'm not going to sit there and agree with a bunch of stuff that, a plow? I don't remember no plow. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I don't know. It's our thinking processes. Okay? That means I have to put my will involved in this. All right? You willfully lie at times. Okay? But it wasn't a lie. It was, it was a hyperbole. It was a, an exaggeration for the sake of effect. Nope. It's not what the Bible says. Okay? Put lying away. You don't need no falsehoods. You don't have to exaggerate. Actually, this text here in verse 25, the middle of it is a quote out of Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16. So he's quoting the Old Testament. So lying has been an issue in the Old Testament. It was a lying in the New Testament. Do you realize the single... Now, you know, when I, I look at this, I just actually just had this conversation yesterday with a guy, and, and I thought about this. They made the con... They were explaining to me what a liar the president was. And I'm just sitting there, oh, whatever. You have, you've not paid much attention to politics. Um, I thought that that was what you had to get your degree in. Ain't that what political science is? So anyway, he was going through this, and I, I stopped him. I said, listen, jumping Jehoshaphat, dude. I mean, and I said, let me ask you a question. And I want you guys to think about this for a second. Do you realize that the greatest single characteristic of humanity today is lying? Can you tell me a part of society globally, I don't care where, where you go, where lying is not part of of that society. You ever thought about it? I remember a guy was going through a divorce with his wife and he was he was troubled about it. He says, you know, we took a covenant before God and this, that, and the other. So I just walked down there and signed these papers and we were divorced. He says, you know, you can get out of a a marriage contract easier than you can out of a car lease. 
I said, yep, but the car lease will be cheaper. And all it is is a broken contract. What is a broken contract? It's a lie. It's a lie. You know, I was talking, I think I was talking to Stephanie this morning. What would happen on this big blue ball if for 24 hours every man, woman, and child had to tell the absolute truth? Wow, you talk about chaos. You think we got wars now. Just think about that for a second. What a war that would be. If the truth ever came out, and if everybody spoke it and decided to operate on that truth, you know what would happen to our world system? It'd collapse. It'd fall in on itself. The system would collapse. You know why? And I know it would. And it would be, bam! We wouldn't get 24 hours. You know why I know that? This book tells me it would. The whole world lies in the lap of who? Who put the world system into action? And it's based on... You know, it's, it's one of those things when I look at it, I think about the greatest love that has ever been on this planet is the Lord Jesus Christ and the bulk of humanity hates Him for it. How does that work out? Who came up with that idea? Oh, I know who did. Father of lies. The world lies in the lap of Satan. Followers of Christ. We are to put away lying. Put away lying. You know, I've had people ask me in the past, do you think I'm saved? And, uh, you, you know, that's, that's one of them questions. I had this question asked at a memorial yesterday. Do you think I'm saved? And then my response is, do you? Do you think you're saved? What? Well, do you think I'm saved? No, I'm asking you. Do you think you're saved? And then if they answer yes, I will ask the second question. You guys know how I am. I always got that one that's sitting back here going, see this pretty ball, pretty ball, pretty ball, bam! But I'm not lying. <laughs> how do you know? It's a simple question. How do you know you're saved? Had a question that was asked to me. This guy died. He'd been in the area for about 40 years. And uh, he knew all kinds of people. If he'd been in any kind of construction at any given time, you'd probably run into him a time or two. <clears throat> and guy came up asked me, he says, well, you're a man of the cloth. I like it when they say that. You're a man of the cloth. Yes, I do, buddy. I've got baggies on, but I'm a man of the cloth. And uh, he says, do you think Chuck is in heaven? I said, that's not the question. He said, what? I said, are you going to heaven? Because Chuck's done. But see, that's truth. 
And it was a real short conversation. But if everybody had to tell the truth in our society, the society would collapse in on itself. Absolutely. We are to put away lying. That's one of our greatest differences than this world. You tell the truth. There is no part of this world that does not lie. I mean, we can talk about politicians. You could, I don't care what you talk about. There is no element in this society that does not have underpinnings of falsehood in it. And you know what's amazing? Because the foundation is lying and it has perpetuated itself, do you realize that's the single thing that keeps it going? Nobody has to tell the truth. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, you lied to Congress. No, Congress lied to me. You see what I'm trying to get at? You, there's no part of our society that isn't in the fibbings. Right? Everybody encouraged yet? You think I'm kidding you? Look at our money. Has anybody here seen a silver certificate? Okay, I, I've got some silver certificates. My great-grandfather gave them to me. You know what they're good for? Two dollars worth of silver. From who? The United States government. You know what it's not from? It's not from the Federal Reserve. It's from the United States government. But see, we got smart. And we said, hey... We don't need precious minerals to back our dollar. We're good for it. So now if you look on your bill, what does it say? Federal Reserve on it. They wanted to do, a couple of congressmen got together and wanted to do an audit on the amount of gold the United States has. We have several reserves. Most of us know Fort Knox. There's one in New York. I think there's one in San Francisco. How much gold do we possess? Okay. It's just a question. How much gold we got? You know what can't get out of Congress? Just to go count gold bars. Why can't it get out of Congress? Because you'll find out your paper is just that. Just paper. I remember a friend of mine, he's in glory now, and he told me, it's back, I think it was around 2000, and he's buying crew grands, gold coins, and silver dollars, and he's getting ready. He says, are you stockpiling gold and silver. I said, no. He says, well, you know, I know you trust God and everything, but shouldn't you stockpile? I said, nah. He said, well, what are you stockpiling? I said, nine millimeter Luger. <laughs> he says, for what? So I can take your silver. <laughs> Just kidding. Everybody's looking. What a moron. But what I'm trying to get at, everything you look around at, you keep thinking, well, this is this and this is this. And this. It's not. It's not. You got money in the stock market? Yeah. Why? You ever thought about that? You got a bunch of paper. And it goes up and it goes down. You know what? I tried to figure out how it would go up or down. 
<laughs> there ain't no rhyme or reason to it. You're telling me a virus in China can cause a 5% drop in the stock market in the United States. How does that work? See what I'm trying to get at? This system that you're standing in, the whole thing is based on a lie. So how can we, as followers of Jesus Christ, say, yes, I shall follow this. I shall continue in it. It is so successful. This system cannot work with truth. And lying is easier. Listen, truth is not how this game is played. Okay, this temporal world that you live in and I live in. Because nobody has to tell the truth. Our whole globe structure is please lie about the little things. Well, all right, go ahead and lie about the big things. Because it doesn't really matter. Why? It's the way of life. It's the way of life. What you see, I don't want you to get, oh my God, he's anti-government. No, man, I'm anti-world. You know, I'm, I heard somebody, I can't remember who sent it to me, says what the church is, is a bunch of brothers and sisters trying to help each other get home. This is not my home. And I would like to get out of here. This world is in the acting out of the depraved nature. It's because it is the father of lies who has developed the system that is a system of, of lies. The whole religious system that is outside of the truth of the scriptures is nothing but lies. You either have grace through faith or you have works. And if you're not doing it by grace through faith, then I don't care what name you hang on it. It can be Islam, it can be Catholicism, it can be Mormonism, and be George Washington's. How about Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> it can be all of those. Why? It's based on works. If you do this, this, and this, everything will be good. Christianity says you couldn't do any good if you had to and had directions. So believe in me. Confess with your mouth that I am Lord, and that God raised me from the dead. Satan is a liar. Works to salvation is nothing but a lie. Satan lies. Satan, Do you know Satan lies about life? Think about the things he tells you. If you do this, you'll be happy. Okay? Satan lies about death. Satan lies about God. Satan lies about Christ. Satan lies about the Holy Spirit. Satan lies about the Bible. Satan lies about heaven. Satan lies about hell. How many of you believe that Satan is in charge of hell? Yosemite Sam down there with a pitchfork. Okay? That's Bugs Bunny theology. 
He is not in charge of hell. Do you understand that he lies about what is good and he lies about what is bad? So you do understand that there's really nothing that he doesn't lie about. The whole thing is based on lies. And you know what? I'm impressed because he is very good at it. He is exceptional. See, here's what I mean. Good liars, you know, Satan doesn't come up to you and say, hey, I got a lie for you. Ready? Okay. A good liar doesn't do that. A good liar frames it in just a tad bit of truth. So you think, oh, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. His religion speaks of truth all the time. And even has some every, in it every once in a while. Because that's what causes you and I to think it's okay. Our whole system of life is based on lies. Our economics, our government, all the time is based on lies. Salesmen, we always talk about salesmen and they're liars. No, they're hyperboles. This will be the best and last car you ever buy. Right? What, you think I'm kidding you? Turn on the TV. I got a deal here, 1995. You order right now, I'll give you the second one free. So how much is the first one worth? Right? Then God comes into your life. And God is true. And every man, a liar. Hmm. By the way, that's what the Bible says. Christ invades your life. He shows and tells you that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. And he is the spirit of what? Truth. And he will lead you into what? All truth. The word of God is called truth. John 17. My word, sanctify them with truth. My word is truth. Now then, do you see why you have a conflict? If your whole existence is based on lies, then truth all of a sudden becomes this, oh, my head hurts. You become a believer. You step out of the dominion of lies and you step into the dominion of truth. You know the true God. You know you have been redeemed by the true Messiah. You know you are indwelt by the true spirit of the living God. You now possess the true word of God. And you're living it out as a true follower of God. And that stands out in our society like a big sore thumb. It's... You guys have heard me make comment in conversations that I've had in group settings and stuff like this, and I'll make this statement. 
Where is that in the Bible? Okay, you know what I'm saying? That is your opinion. That is not God's opinion. I'm leaning on God's opinion. Okay, remember this one, Ephesians chapter 4, verse, what, 15? Speaking the what in love? The truth in love. When a believer opens his mouth or her mouth, are you listening to me? When a believer opens their mouth, it needs to be truth coming forward. If you don't have it, shh. My grandpa told me it's better to be quiet and thought a fool and open your mouth and remove all doubt. So, lying has to go. You know, telling something that ain't so. Leaving out certain parts. Shading the truth. Exaggeration. Is there a problem? I remember a guy one time, and I'd seen him several different places. He did at a conference. I seen him, I think the first time was in Nashville or Memphis. I'd seen him once down in Albuquerque. I'd seen him bouncing around, and he was at a church here in Castle Rock. And I went, because he's always shared his testimony. And this time he didn't share his testimony. And I mean, it's one of them testimonies like, oh, man. I mean, that's right there almost with the Apostle Paul thing. And I remember talking to him and I said, there were several people that we knew together and we were talking about it. And he made a statement to me and I said, "Uh, you didn't share your testimony with these people. And he just held his head down like this. And he says, I kept adding so much to my testimony, I forgot what was true. And so he quit sharing it. I thought, well, that's the start. (laughs) There's cheating in schools. There's cheating in work. There's taxes. When you break a promise, that's cheating. It's lying. When you lie, you betray confidence. When you flatter somebody, do you understand that's a form of lying? Because let me blow sunshine at you and maybe I can get a benefit out of it. See, the benefit's on the lie side. When you make up excuses, anybody had that? I ordered parts and it's been back-ordered and it's been back-ordered and it's been back-ordered and he's got it sitting on his desk. He just didn't feel like shipping it. When you make excuses. Another lie that some of us may step into, setting in silence when the truth should be spoken. Okay, that's when I say, and where is that in the Bible? None of these have a place in the Christian's life. None of them. Okay, so we start off just touching on it. Lay aside falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. 
So you see why it's such a big problem? If this place lays in the lap of Satan, I'm sure it's just oozing with truth, right? So we have to watch ourselves. I remember listening, and I'll close with this, Stephen Olford, one of the best preachers I've ever heard in my life. Daggone it, he's in glory too. But anyway, we were going through, I took several classes with him, and it dealt with textual thematic exposition, how you bring the study it all together. You, you, you break these things down. The sermon is to be broken down. I've never managed it, but it's supposed to be broken down with an introduction, your meat and potatoes, and your closing. Okay? I've never been able to do that, but that's how you're supposed to do it. He was sitting there talking to me, and he says, and what you do is that at each point you deal with in the meat and potatoes, you would give an illustration of some type. He says, but I want to warn you. There's a great danger in giving illustrations. He says, make sure they're not a lie. And I thought, Stephen Olford is telling it's possible to lie about your illustrations? And it's always stuck in my head that you can be on fire for Jesus and all of a sudden you just throw something in there that just... Well, it sounded really good. And it just, oh, everybody be able to relate to it. But it was a lie. And what have you just done? See what I mean? The pulpit's not immune to it. It's like I said, that guy told me, he says he quit giving his testimony because he couldn't remember which part of it was true and which was not. We have to be very careful. Very, very, very careful. Okay? We're working on putting off the old man, putting on the new. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, the author and the finisher, the father of truth. Uh, Father, you've given us the spirit of truth that indwells each of us. Uh, He guards us, and I thank you for that ministry. I thank you that he protects us from lies. He puts up kind of like a built-in lie detector. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the love that surpasses understanding. And thank you, Father, that you have brought us this far. You carry us forward. And my King, my Lord, your love for us is greater than any love. Father, I pray that we bow our knee before you. Father, guard us from the lies and help us to stand in truth. You, my King, Christ's name, amen.